Welcome to Spark the Change India and the Spark Cafe, where we're having global conversations about change. So welcome, everybody. We are launching our very first Spark Cafe series. And this idea was sparked by none other than Sarika Karbanda, who joins us all the way from Pune, India. (gasps) And then we are launching with a very, very special guest, Jason Little, who is all the way in Canada. And we're all coming together, so and I in Canada too. Although Jason and I, I think, are about 15 minutes apart, and we're a little further apart with Sarika. Mm-hmm. Yeah, not that much. Not that much. That's okay. But through the power of technology, which sort of kicks off why Jason is here today, we are bringing together the world to come and visit Spark the Change India, which is a brand new event for Sarika to be running, but it's based on the Spark the Change model, which has global footprint now with Canada, Australia, um, where else we got? Uh, the UK, France. Belgium, France. Yeah. Yeah. All over the place. And that'll be happening February 24th and 25th uh, in Punai, which is very exciting. So we're kicking off. So welcome, everybody. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Thank you. <laughs> so Sarika, we're going to start because you have a really interesting connection and story to kick this off with, which is, you know, our focus is on the, the digital component today. So, so share your story. Sure. Yeah, I, I think let's, let's go back into the past where um, I was invited. Actually, I volunteered. Invited is an incorrect word there. I, was, I volunteered to be a part of the experiment that sparked the change Toronto where Jason decided to say, hey, we need, we're going to have participants over the telepresence robot. And I said, whoa, okay, I, this is awesome. <laughs> I definitely want to be a part of that experiment. And that was me throughout that. That's with you, Elizabeth, in case yeah. you remember. or have I do. Forgotten. I and took you for a walk. Yeah, totally. And just for the record, that was Jason clicking the picture. Yeah. <laughs> and it, it was totally an awesome experience the way I had participated. Uh, of course, technology, it had no hindrance except for my time zone. And of course, I had to retune and untune from that. But other than that, I think the value that I saw coming from the Spark Toronto conference was amazing. The speakers, the interaction with participants, everything was very cool. And it just had to have me think about Spark. And I'd been speaking to Jason about getting the conference to India. And I said, after a couple of months, hey, Jason, how do we get this to India? That was it. And we started talking. And then I remember talking to the two of you and saying, okay, how do we bring this to India? What do I need to do? And so on. And once we were off over that, and I remember then seeing, okay, how can we get Jason to be involved? And Spark so close to his heart. And I was like, we have to see how maybe we can reverse enable technology this time, Canada getting into India. <laughs> and yeah, I think, I think with that, I'd like to probably ask Jason. So, I mean, with the telepresence robot and the whole talk that we've been having on Spark the Change India, how do you feel being a part of Spark the Change India? Full disclosure that Jason is a massive tech geek, so he might be calm right now, but his little heart is just going. <laughs> I can yeah. imagine. Yeah. Yeah. 
Yeah, it's 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 going to be uh, really cool because what I like about doing the remote thing with the robot is uh, kind of underneath the the message is that um, uh, if you want something bad enough, anything's possible. So collaboration without borders. I mean, um, we're in a rapidly evolving global uh, situation with technology and with change and with disruption and what used to be physical barriers aren't barriers anymore. So it's to really get people to think that, um, you know, especially with change in our organizations, we always get stuck in what's impossible. Oh, we could, Oh, that can never work here. That's impossible. We can't do that. When people see that you're, you're doing remote conferences with remote speakers or remote attendees, then they're like, Oh, maybe there is something I can do um, mm. with virtual sticky walls. Because I get a lot of that with with some of my clients is oh we have two locations we can't use sticky notes in a wall I'm like you can take pictures can't you <laughs> you can have <laughs> video have chats in front phones. of it right so we get kind of stuck in our own head and our, with our own blinders on and I think it's a it's a pretty good um, uh, meta message plus it's just a whole um, uh, different audience to to bring into the whole Spark family which is cool very cool awesome go ahead Sarika. awesome. Yeah, I was wondering for, uh, you know, we haven't really introduced Jason. Should we be introducing Jason too? <laughs> well, he kind of comes with no introduction because, you know, Obi-Wan Kenobi is universal. Totally. But I, <laughs> I, still think, I still think we should definitely get, because, I mean, he's an author of an awesome book and I oh, love for <laughs> Yeah, we should talk about it. And, and yeah, Lean Change is close to my heart and his book is one of my favorite books and he knows that. So... Why not? We should talk about it. I have to interject so that my background in this, and there's a point to this, which supports Jason's book, is that both Sarika and Jason are agile coaches that do this for a living. They're very skilled and educated and they go in and they have all these amazing resources. And until I met Jason, I didn't even know what agile was um, and just thought corporations had to suck. That's another story. And then I read Jason's book. And I've read a few other ones now, but as a neophyte, somebody who has no background and again, have never been exposed to any of the amazing things that Agile can do for an organization, his was the first book I actually understood. I understood what was possible. I understood how simple the tools actually are. And I understood how shift can happen when people take the time to learn and embrace. And even if it's a baby step, even if you, you know, buy a pad of stickies and some great markers. You start with that, it's enough to begin the conversation. And I didn't get it really, even after, after being involved with Spark for three years. Read his book and I'm like, oh, all right, now I get it. So that's the cool thing is that it can inspire people who have the background and the experience, but neophytes can also get a better grasp on what's possible for their organization if they read it. And I'm going to support that statement totally by all the people who I've spoken to Lean Change Management about because the simplicity with which the book is written, I think you, you just have to have to give full kudos to that and say, yo, that's an awesome book. But the value that you get because it's the form in which it's written, the stories yeah. that it comes, the experience, the way it comes out, I think you can just relate to it because when I read it, I could relate to every page of the book and say, oh, I've done that. And I told Jason, I've done pretty much all those things you're talking, maybe not that one, but all those other ones. Yeah. And, but I created the canvas the other way and, you know, oh, so you have this. So why do you have that? And I mean, it's, mm -hmm. it's just so fascinating and, you know, to see the connect happen. And a lot of coaches I've spoken to here in Pune, they love the 
fact that it's written with that simplicity. So I must share that it's an amazing book. So, yep, I don't have a physical copy, but I do have a Kindle copy. I don't know how to I do, and I lent it to somebody. I have a friend of mine who completely geeks out with all of this stuff. I'm like, I've got a book for you. And it's all full of stickies, and I did a podcast, and Jason and I had a chat about it. Yeah, I have to show you that. That's my virtual sticky. See, that's my virtual bookmark. Pull it back. There we go. We're not in a 3D movie. (laughs) Oh, there. There we go. With Happy Melly on the bottom. So, so that's a totally awesome book. And yeah, I, I thought this uh, conversation would be incomplete without that. And yeah, but Jason, I mean, do you want to say something on that? <laughs> <laughs> it's kind of uh, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> no, lots of people have told me that they, they like the simplicity uh, of the ideas and, and how relatable it is and easily how it, um, for people that might not come from a, a change background or an agile background that it's accessible to them. So 100%. I like to call them just like normal people in the organizations. They don't care about urgency for change and they don't care about this model and that model and we're complex adaptive systems and all this kind of crap. They just want to know how can I get other people to see things the way I do and make things better. So just keeping it simple like that. And, and the other part is, is that I'm just not all that bright. So I can't write in. Oh my God. <laughs> would you stop? I'll smack so, you later. Um, no, it was just it, the whole intent of the of the first version of it that was released on LeanPub was I think this is a good story that people will like. So I wrote one chapter, and um, actually Jurgen Apollo was my writing coach for it. So he was testing cool. out uh, the feedback wrap, which is one of the management three O practices. Right. So I still have the feedback wrap email from him. So he had um, and basic idea is set context. So he's like, I'm sitting in a cafe and I've got a coffee and I'm, this is kind of where my brain is right now. All right. So I read the first couple of paragraphs. And first of all, don't send this out without at least running it through a grammar editor. I'm feeling annoyed, right? Because it was a very <laughs> that's rough cut. It was Everybody, just, that's, that's just Jurgen. <laughs> it was a verbal blah because the way I write is just get all the ideas out. <laughs> spelling, don't worry about grammar. Don't worry about structure. Okay get the ideas out and then refine it. So uh, I sent that pre copy out. So he gave me all that information about the feedback wrap. Um, and my producer, uh, Vashko, um, one, <laughs> I remember one of the, uh, one of the chapters was, this is crap, rewrite it. So there was some really good feedback because they knew what I wanted to get out. So they were, and they knew what worked well for me, which was don't feed me with a bunch of, you know, placating, oh, it's good. And this is good. And maybe have you thought about that doesn't work for me because I know it's, uh, I can see right through that kind of stuff. So uh, that helped a lot with shaping the message of it for sure. And it was just a story. That was it. There was no intention to, to build a, a network of facilitators and a global change community and all the other stuff that the brand has evolved into. I just thought it was a cool story, um, but kept ideas open. So let's, let's clarify as well that just because it's simple to read doesn't mean it's simple information. I don't mm. want to in any way diminish what the totally. tool is that you end up with. Mm. Um, and it's just the way Jason's able to tell the story that makes it easy to understand. Mm. And you know that you can do these things. And I've attended one of Jason's workshops for Management 3.0. And it's this, he's, he's just, the cool thing is, is that Jason's just the same, whether he's in his Obi-Wan Kenobi costume or leading a workshop or whatever, he's friendly, relatable, and 
way smarter than he gives himself credit for. So, <laughs> Yeah, I agree with all of that, and especially the last bit. Way smarter than he gives himself credit for, totally. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, with that, let's, let's get into uh, asking Jason, because <clears throat> you know, you, you're now the keynote robotic speaker for Spark the Change India. And uh, I think the title that you have for your talk is really interesting. It's about rethinking transformation. Mm-hmm. And that's where you share, you know, you say that all change is social change. If every change follows the laws of social change, no matter what we think or no matter what we hope it will be. Um, if you can probably share some more insights into that, that would be nice. Sure. So it's... Um it's intentional in the sense of how popular Agile's become over the last four to five years. I mean, it's been around since 2001. And, and sometimes as a community, we act as if business didn't exist before 2001. So we have to, you know, reinvent an Agile transformation framework and, and create an Agile leadership, blah, 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 and all this kind of stuff. And um, for me, it was uh, honoring the past and saying, you know, what did businesses do before the internet? What did businesses do, you know, before all of this agile innovation, lean startup stuff happened? You know, you even look back in the late 1800s when uh, Ransom Olds created the assembly line. There was no Google back there to say, how can I build cars faster, right? It just was like, let's try this and see how it works. And it's funny because most people will think, well, no, Henry Ford created the assembly line and he didn't. He stole the idea from Ransom Olds and tweaked it and added a conveyor belt to to that system so he gets credit for inventing the assembly line but it was thinking in your own context and great leaders throughout the history of business and even before businesses were invented have a way of uh, adjusting to the market and the environment around them so the idea about rethinking transformation is let's start to downplay um, you know you need to lead differently in an agile context well do you really what happened throughout all the mm-hmm. businesses in, in, in the industrial revolution and in the manufacturing revolution that happened in the early 1900s, they were doing the exact same thing. They were knowing the market they were in. Uh, they knew what types of tools and processes and structures to put in place to serve their business. And they adapted and they changed it as they went. Um, they didn't need, you know, a, a manufacturing leadership model to do it. Great leadership is great leadership. So sometimes we just overthink it. Um, And throughout business and history, change always works the same way. Somebody is either motivated and willing to do something different for whatever reason, or they're sick of dealing with the bullshit and they have to change. It gets painful enough. Yeah, there's, there's kind of two ways to look at it. And then they act. They try something and then a movement starts to take shape or it doesn't. So you start to lobby, right? Uh, look at the auto bankruptcy right. with the three big automakers. Some people don't realize that Ford actually didn't get a bailout because they, were, uh, they didn't need it, but they did lobby for it because they realized the whole big ecosystem was more important than just them as the organization. So they realized there's an 80% supplier overlap between the big three. So if a bailout doesn't happen and the auto sector of the big three collapse, it's going to hurt them indirectly, even though they didn't need it. So it's, it, it's having the foresight to understand your ecosystem, your market, your customers, your employees, your culture, all those things together. Um, and employees, people in companies 
have the luxury of time for these movements to take shape. They have time to wait and convince three influential people that their idea is a good one and they should try it. But when we come in as kind of the consultants, we've got a month or three months or six months that we have to ensure some type of visible change and we can't do that. So, um, but it, it is all going to happen according to the way social change and influence works always. So the talk is about uh, um, how we can look at um, the social dynamics of change, how we can look at influence networks, how we can look at, um, you know, when we start a transformation, the worst thing we can do is create a five-year roadmap and a plan and a whole bunch of metrics because we don't even know what it means to us yet. So we need some time for this to emerge. Once things start to become a little more certain and they start to emerge, we kind of move into, let's put a little more guardrails around it. Um, and then we can start to either put more rigid rules and structure and process around whatever this transformation is, which kind of puts us back in the exact same spot we were in the first place. So we use the same mental models to transform, create a program, assign accountability. And then in big companies, 18 months later, the change team quits and walks out or the VP of Agile gets fired and they bring in somebody else or the consulting firm that was in there first gets fired and they bring somebody else in. So we kind of have a mechanical and project look and focus when we're approaching these transformations. So this is about how we need to stop doing that because uh, for people who are employees in companies, what's the benefit for your consultants to come in and tell you here's a framework to use so they can sell you stuff, right? So take a bit of that uh, false certainty with a grain of salt and realize that, you know, if you want deep transformation uh, and you're in a bigger company, you're looking at a decade, a decade, not a year long, you know, change program type of thing. I honestly thought wow. you made a mistake when you said that. <laughs> Wow. No, and, and, and this has nothing to do with an organization being just IT. It is right. just any sector, any organization, any industry. It doesn't matter. Yep. Yeah. We've got about, um, we've got about three minutes left. So. Yep. My, my final question for uh, Jason, of course, is that uh, given the different format that you're going to be uh, running also virtually this time, uh, with participants or the spark participants, as I would call, uh, having a kind of a hands-on exercise with all every session. So, what's what's the three key takeaways that you believe you would like to leave the spark participants with? Um, one is in times of high uncertainty, uh, you need to default to um, an action bias. So if you by nature are a planner and you like structure and you need to make sure all the boxes in a row um, and checked off before you start, um, what are some tools, techniques, things that you can develop to trigger yourself out of that and into action? Um, because that's the only way you know. Uh, and mm -hmm. that's how you reduce uncertainty is by acting. So that's one. Another one is around building a, a support networks. So how do you get help when you're stuck? And the third one is uh, flipping these, uh, the overwhelming, overwhelming feeling of big transformation into what are we going to do this week to be half a step further ahead? So let's, you know, we have a map, we have a big picture. Let's not worry too much about getting stressed about, wow, this is big, this is huge, it's going to take a long time. What are the three most important things we need to do 
this week to get half a step further ahead. So very uh, try to simplify our view of transformation uh, and get to a bias towards action in the context of the purpose of this transformation in the first place. Awesome. I'm looking for something at the same time, so you guys keep going. <laughs> keep going. It's all good. Keep talking. Time. <laughs> we got about a minute and a half left. I'm just trying to cue something up, so keep going. Chat away. Anything else? Tell us a little bit. Yeah. Actually, Jason, why don't you, because one of the things that Sarik and I have been talking about is um, just a very, a very, you have about 45 seconds to summarize. <laughs> How did you get involved in Spark in the first place? Because this year will mark the fourth uh, Spark the Change Toronto, and you mm -hmm. and I have done three of them together. Mm -hmm. So what got you, just very quickly, into the, the Spark the Change mindset? Um, I, honestly, I was getting pretty irritated with, uh, the, um, with Agile conferences. Sorry. It just, was that simple? <laughs> same people with the same ideas over and over again, focused on looking for their keys in the light, even though we know we dropped them over there. Um, and I stumbled across Spark and said, I've, I wanted to run something in Toronto for a long time um, that wasn't focused on a specific discipline. So uh, I came across Spark, which was created by Paul Dahlman and Daryl, and just called him up because I met him at a conference a number of years earlier and just said, Hey dude, can I steal all your stuff and run one in Toronto? And he said, sure, go for it. Can that I was it. it. Yeah. And, uh, that, that's kind of how it started. Actually, cool. that, that is how it started. <laughs> that is how it started. And you pulled together a terrific team, which is what brings spark the change. That's my, by the way, we're done. Reminder, <laughs> but that's what brings this event and Sarika has been the amazing um, chief minion to get the team together to bring Spark the Change to India. Mm -hmm. And she's done an amazing job with reaching out to a variety of networks and bringing in all these resources and involving Spark the Change Toronto and what have you to make sure that Spark the Change India is the best conference that, that we can do. So, and now we have the awesomeness of, of Jason involved, which is amazing and providing that virtual attendance which is going to be, so if you're in a situation and you're listening to this and you're as far away as, you know, Toronto from India and you're interested in learning more about the event and potentially attending virtually, because we all know it's a lot of fun, visit the Spark the Change India website. There's information there um, about the new speakers that have been released. There's information there on getting more information so you can get in touch and ask questions and, you know, bother Sarika and pick her brain. Uh, and you can check us out on Twitter. We're at SparkChangeIN, and we'll be releasing more and more information, and Sarika's writing some awesome blog posts to share. And you'll be seeing this soon, because we're doing video at the same time, so you get to see us, yay, and listen to us. So we're like basically all access for Spark the Change India. Cool. Da -na 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 -na. <laughs> You're going to have to cut that out, aren't you? We're going to have to right. you know, give back the entertainment tonight. He's going to have to cut yeah. quite a few things out. <laughs> hey, man, there's no editing. Yep. Oh, come on. <laughs> there's no editing with Spark the Change. We just go. Well, but then let's, let's, add, let's add one more thing. I think I do want to say this line that Jason says in his book is awesome because uh, uh, the one that you answered to Steve Smith, and that's, you know, what do you think about change? I think that was the question. And you said... I like change. Um, 
I think change is exciting, new, refreshing, and sometimes you do need to shake things up now and then. That mm. was an awesome line, and I must thank you for that. So thank you for that. You're welcome. So thank you, everybody, for joining us. Thank you, Jason. Thank you. Thank you so much, Jason. Thanks, You're Elizabeth. You're very, very welcome. So thanks, everybody, for joining us. Please check out Spark the Change India. And if you have any questions, there is a contact page, and we do answer. We are live people. And, uh, and we'll talk to you soon. Thank you very much. Bye-bye. Thank you for joining us today in the Spark Cafe. To learn more about Spark the Change India or any of the great speakers that you've been learning about, please visit sparkthechangeindia.com or check us out on Twitter at SparkChangeIN.